ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Give is to Jones up the middle. He's off to the races. Yes, it's going to be Secretary at the Belmont. Set back, off play action, quick toss, left side. Intercepted! And a pick! And a six! It's going to be a touchdown for Chandon Sullivan! From the shotgun, second and ten, snap a route going deep down the right sideline. MBS has it! And he's got it! Into the end zone! Touchdown, Packers! Oh, what a play! He took it away from Cameron Danzler! Marquez Valdez-Scandling! Holds up initially. Rodgers waits, close. Right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again, dancing in the right corner of the end zone. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Tyler Grzegorek. As always, I am joined by Gage Bridgeford. We are here for this week's live stream to discuss the Week 14 preview. Hopefully, you're in the playoffs and uh, you're still playing because this is the best time of the fantasy season, I guess you could say, because this is really when every single decision that you have made, no pressure, can come to haunt you. So, uh, you know, every single decision is going to be critical. Uh, the matchups are going to be close. I, I, I've seen people lose by 0.04 points, which is equivalent to one passing yard. So uh, every single decision that you're going to put into your starting lineup is going to be a critical one. So I appreciate you coming to check us out for your fantasy advice uh, in these in these dire times for fantasy advice. So uh, as, as always, Gage, how, how are the people doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Uh, quick question before I say a little bit more: Is this the is this your favorite part of the fantasy season? Like, is it Absolutely. is the playoffs? Absolutely. Or, or okay, it's not draft season. It's very close. I like I being like, in draft the season. Is draft season? I like the playoffs because draft. it indicates I was successful in draft season. That, so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's like, okay, if I do well now, or if I'm here, that means I did well four months ago. Exactly. So that's that's fair. But draft, dude, drafting. There ain't nothing like drafting. There ain't nothing. No, like you're that. right. Actually, you know what? I do love drafting. They're probably pretty close. But like I said, it, if I'm yeah. in the playoffs, it indicates I did well, uh, and so that you yeah, know that makes me feel good in its yeah. own right. So. Um, but uh, as always, we're gonna preview every single game of the week 14. Uh, slate. Uh, there is one game tonight, the Patriots and Rams. Uh, quite a few fancy pieces in that game from the that Rams perspective. So gross. I am not playing any of them. So why don't we jump right into it? Let's use that as our segue to talk about this Patriots Rams game. Uh, man, 
like you said, it's gross. Rams are favored by four and a half points uh, over under 43 and a half. New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Rams. So the New England uh, Patriots are traveling west. Uh, you know how I feel about you know West traveling east, I, especially especially on a short week. I'm not touching a single Patriot if I can avoid it. Uh, so that includes Damian Harris. That includes Cam Newton. That includes James White. I'm not playing any of these guys. That includes Gunnar Olszewski. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I've been talking to people all day about this game, and I've been getting questions. Should I play Cup? Should I play Wood? Should I play this, that, and the other? And I'm just like. I, I like if I have to play one guy in this game, it's Cup, but I don't even like. I'm not even in love with that. No, I'm not either. Like if just because, like if I have to, because if I have to play between him and Bob and Bob Bob Woods, Robert Woods, I think Woods is going to be shadowed by uh, by Stephon Gilmore, and I don't like that at all. I I expect Gilmore to shadow, and that just is I'm not about it. So yeah, like you said, I'm fading everything as if I can in this game. Do you have more faith in the Rams offense or the Chargers offense? The Rams offense or the Chargers offense? Mm-hmm. Chargers offense. Without okay. question. I just want to make sure because they took on the same part. Patriot team last week. Now, the Rams are going to have the advantage. I said the Patriots are traveling out west on a short week. So, the I think there's a potential for a blowout game here. All oh, around. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You were saying like independent of their matchup. Yes. Rams, oh, then it's Rams. I thought you were talking about just like well, I, this I week. I think it's Chargers, like, but. I mean, I prefer I prefer the Rams because Sean McVay is a mad scientist. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I think I would actually take the Chargers' offense over over the Rams right now, right now, because you have more definitive pieces at the tight end position and the running back spot. And I think Justin Herbert is arguably better uh, for fantasy than Jared Goff. So uh, the wide receivers probably get the edge in. Los Angeles, but <laughs> no mind. In the Rams, <laughs> no. For the Rams, they probably get the advantage there at the wide receiver spot. But I definitely am taking the the Chargers for the overall offense. And you know they struggled against this Patriots team. Uh, the, the secondary is no joke. We've talked about it a couple times now. Stephon Gilmore, since he's come back, has been at a lockdown corner. Uh, J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones have done work. Devin McCourty is still there. Jason McCourty is still there. These guys are making plays, and they're they're making things hard for opposing quarterbacks. And we've seen Jared Goff under pressure. I don't want to touch anybody in this game, and I mean that when I say anybody. I don't mean I'm not. If I have Cooper the Cup. ability to bench everybody, I'm doing Correct. that. Like there's exactly. going to be leagues where you don't have the ability, but if you have the if you don't have to play them, I'm I'm benching. Didn't the Pats stay out west this week? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. I know we looked into this prior because we talked about. Uh, the Sunday show. Yes, exactly. Uh, but um, either way, per per the Telegram per Telegram.com and the Providence Journal, uh, following the Patriots win over the Chargers, the team stayed out west in order oh, to travel. Thank you for that. Thank you for the so, tidbit. I had no idea. So thank they you. did say they did stay out there, but uh, in in regards to ta- Todd's previous comment, Ramsey will be all over camp. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I, yeah. So we're fading everything here. What are you doing from, on this game from a betting perspective? And then we'll move on to some games that have a little bit more interest. Uh, I'm not betting on it. <laughs> no, yeah. You have to. You have to. I'm taking the Rams. My favorites over under set at 43 and a half. I'm taking the Rams at four and a half pretty easily. I think I'm taking the under as well because I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to score regardless. I think the Rams either run up the score and win 35 to six or it's a low scoring game all around. And I just I think- don't think the Rams. I'm taking the Patriots to cover, and I'm taking the under. Um, the Patriots, Patriots to cover. Interesting. Yeah, I think – well, it all and it all comes down to the defense. Uh, I have zero trust in golf. I don't have any trust in Cam Newton. I've been 
every every time you and I've spoken over the past four months or so, I've been very outwardly spoken against Cam Newton in terms of fantasy. I've been against him nonstop. He's bit me a few times, whatever. I don't really care. I just against this defense, I have no reason to think he could move the ball effectively, but I also have zero trust in Jared Goff. Like the, the Patriots have a recipe for doing something this week, and it's just pound the ball with Cam Newton 40 times a game. That's Absolutely. The, the the Rams, their recipe. We just watched the Patriots a couple years ago in the Super Bowl completely shut down the Rams. Yeah. And I think that this Rams team is definitely worse. Like they've added Jalen Ramsey, but I think that this team is definitely worse than the one a couple years ago. So well, and that's why I said this game's either gonna go one of two ways. It's gonna be a complete complete slot fest with not a lot of points at all on either side of the ball, or the Rams are just gonna blow the Patriots out of the water. That's what I believe. And the the fact that they stayed out west kind of helps the idea that it could just be a slot fest overall. Uh, but I'm just not playing anybody. I can't trust anybody in this game. And so let's move on to the next point. Teams on bye. Absolutely nobody. You're going to have your full Arsenal players this week, uh, aside from injuries. Uh, Finally. I know, right? Finally. <laughs> it, took, it only took 13 weeks to get no buys. So no, let's no, move no, in. No. Week 12 had no That's buys. That's true. Yeah, I think right. it had like game cancellations or something, but there was no buys. Yeah. So, it made no sense. I was like, why did you guys do this? No Should games are being threatened no. currently for COVID. Currently. Also, finally. <laughs> also, finally. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be happy about in week 14. It's a great week for the NFL to, NFL to finally start getting right uh, and, and have your full disposal of players on your roster other than injuries. And so let's talk about this Houston Texans-Chicago Bears game. This is a game that is very interesting to me. I don't know if the Bears have given up. I don't know if that defense is still there. I don't know. I just don't know anymore with, with the Chicago Bears. So this with is this a game, wounded animal game for Chicago. What does that mean? So everybody's heard before about a wounded animal is the most dangerous thing because you don't know what it's going to do. It's unpredictable. It's desperate. And I think that that's what the Bears are. I think that the Bears are a desperate team. They Their fa- playoff hopes after looking extremely strong, they've now lost six straight games. They can't get out of their own way. They had no business losing last week to Detroit. They were the better team the entire game. Matt Nagy just got in his own head after the, after the first half. I think that the Bears are a wounded animal team, and I think that they have the pieces to slow down this Houston Texans offense. Um, and especially since Akeem Hicks is playing, I have a lot of confidence in – the bears to come out of this game with a win. Um, I, th- I just think, I think Houston being a one point favorite. Cool. I'll take the bears all day on that line. I think if, because the bears are at home, I'm, I'm going to lean the bears as well here. I think the bears pull this game out. I think they have the, the talent um, and the scheme on defense to be able to control Deshaun Watson and keep him contained and really, really get into his face and really make him make some bad decisions in this game. Uh, and, you know, we saw the Texans take the Colts to the wire last week. The Colts are a good defense. So you know, I, I think the pieces are also there for the Texans to really be able to put up some points on this Bears team. I mean, we've seen them give up some big points over the last couple of weeks. And against your point with the Lions, the Lions should have beat the Bears the first time around this year. But DeAndre Swift dropped the ball on that on that that literally, team to take the lead. Dropped the <laughs> literally, literally dropped the ball so he dropped the he dropped the ball to take the lead in that game earlier in the year lions probably should have won that game so they just got their they got what was coming for them there in their win against the bears last week but i think i'm taking the bears here uh to cover as well i think they like the bears to win at home this week trubisky hasn't been awful he's been he's been serviceable uh he's been okay from a fantasy standpoint as well you're probably playing him in 
uh, super flex formats for sure. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's become a top 24 option at the quarterback position because he provides some rushing floor. Uh, he hasn't really unleashed that ability yet, uh, at least again. But as a passer, he's been okay. I mean, he's he got better from the Packers game to the Lions game, and I think that's important for him. So maybe he can put another third good week together and really kind of build off the first two weeks. Yeah, um, he had a really quiet week last week, surprise, like for fantasy, because all of the points went to the running backs. Like all, yeah. like they scored thirty points, so you would think, oh, Mitch had a great game. No, they just they moved the. He had two hundred sixty-seven yards through the air. He right. had one touchdown. It was an effective week. He just didn't get the didn't just didn't get the passing touchdowns. So, right. but yeah, no, I think Mitch can move the ball. I think that they can take advantage of Houston's defense. And while the Bears' defense has regressed a little bit. I'm telling you, I think this is a wounded animal game, and I think that the Bears come out with a win. Uh, yes, or are we just go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw it. I saw it. I was moving on. I wasn't going to. <laughs> move on to the next one: Minnesota Vikings at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, by the way, Kiki QT is an interesting high ceiling flex option this week because the Bears' outside corners are good. The Bears' slot corner Buster Screen hot garbage. Yes, he's not good. Oh, but remember at the beginning of the season, we were told that he was better than Bryce Callahan. Get out of here. No, so. no, he was not. And anybody that said that was wrong because Bryce Callahan. <laughs> well, it was the same reasoning that Ha Clinton Dix was better than Adrian Amos. We're not going to get into all that because that's it's because not really they weren't Bears anymore. That's what the whole argument was. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, exactly. at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, over under set of 52 and a half. Tampa Bay favored by six and a half. It's a big line. It's a big line. And you know what I'm doing with it? Taking Tampa uh, take, to cover. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa as well. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa to cover. Uh, but I am taking the over in this game. I'm thinking a lot of points here. Okay. Uh, I think that the Vikings defense has played well as of late, but I don't think that they are able to take down Tampa. I think that I think that Tampa is Tampa sees their like their playoff hopes there, and they know that they really need to go out and grab them. And I think that this is a game where they can really crush Minnesota. Uh, I don't think Minnesota is a very good team. I think that they've kind of overperformed this year. Um, I think that the linebackers for Minnesota or for Tampa specifically, and we've talked about this every single week that we talk about Tampa Bay, the linebackers for Tampa Bay are great and they can slow down a lot of running backs. It sucks to not have Vita Bea in there, but with Devin White and Levante David in there, that kind of helps negate some of that. I don't think the Vikings will be able to set up the play action as well because JPP and Shaq Barrett cut screaming off the edge at Kirk Cousins is going to be hilarious to watch. I guarantee we get at least one sack of Kirk on Sunday where he does the classic, oh, God, there's a guy there and just falls on the ground. I'm, we're going to see a fainting goat <laughs> Well, sack. you can forget about Ndamukong Sue in the middle of that group, too, who you didn't even yeah. talk about. So, I mean, the, the defensive front for Tampa has been one of their best strengths all year long. JPP has been a tremendous uh, reclamation project there. He's a guy that he has really built his career. Uh, after the whole incident that the the firework and so you know he, it's good to see these guys really make a name for themselves again um Shaquille Barrett has been good not as good as last year but he's been good and, and these guys are going to get after Kirk Cousins on Sunday uh, and so I think in this game the Vikings are going to struggle to run the ball uh this offense overall struggles when they can't run the ball and so I think they're going to struggle to run the ball. And I think everybody else is going to suffer because of it. I think that the Buccaneers also have the physical corners needed to match up with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, who can they can really disrupt some some of the timing plays that that the Vikings like to do. Also, the play action if they can't run the ball, you know, I, I just think that the formula is there for this Buccaneers defense to really swallow up this Vikings uh, Vikings offense. And I think that the under hits in this game, but I think Tampa covers. I think they win by about ten points. Yeah, Tampa for me. Um, you you're, and you're starting all your bucks. 
Uh, you're starting Ronald Jones. You're starting Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You're starting Gronk. You're starting Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It's got Tom Brady at QB1 for you this week. And I'm saying yes. like 12-team like league. Well, yes. Okay. I was, yes. I was gonna say I was gonna say he's probably close. He's probably like QB fifteen. Yeah. So I was trying I, to think. I was trying to think of those fringe guys real quick and who I'd play over him. But I mean, I think that he's he's one of those guys like that mix between twelve to fourteen. You could say, yeah, they're all QB twelve this week, but officially mm-hmm. in the ranks they're fourteen. Whatever. On the Minnesota side, you're playing Dalvin Cook, and then you probably have to play Jefferson and Thielen, right? You probably have. Well, you might not have to play Jefferson, but if you do have to play Jefferson, I'm I'm okay with doing it. Yeah, okay. I'm okay with doing it. One I thing to, to worry about for Adam Thielen, um, well, like or more Jefferson than Thielen, is because they. Uh, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show yesterday that or yesterday no Tuesday that they, he had Adam Thielen on, and Thielen talked about the first time he played in Miami, going from Minnesota, he wasn't prepared for like the hot weather change late in December, mm-hmm. and like humidity sapped all of the north like all of the northern guys on the very first drive because they weren't expecting the weather so just i don't think that that's gonna happen here but it's a definite possibility because it's still it's december it's tampa Mm -hmm. it's gonna be hot and muggy let's move on to the next one tennessee titans at the jacksonville jaguars five and seven are the against spread are the tennessee titans jacksonville jaguars are six and six over under for this game set at 52 and a half tennessee is seven and a half point favorites in this game from a betting perspective, I'm taking Jacksonville. Seven and a half is really big. Yeah. And Tennessee's dealing with some injuries in the secondary, namely Adore Jackson is out with is dealing with an injury still. I think he might play, but it's not a guarantee. Mike Glennon and this Jacksonville offense has looked plucky as of late. They're not like winning, they're not winning games, but they're keeping it close. Uh, and I think that Tennessee doesn't know how to shut teams away very well and if they get up which is very weird (laughs) yeah yeah you would think oh they got derrick henry but no they do the classic green bay thing where they'll run up a big score and then they just play prevent defense and let teams back into games and make games closer than they should be so i think that that's what's going to end up happening here from a betting perspective i am going to take the over because neither one of these defenses are very good and the offenses have been putting up some points as of late from a fantasy perspective you're playing derrick henry you're playing ryan Tannehill, you're playing aj brown Corey davis you're playing john smith if he plays, if he plays, and if he doesn't, should. you're definitely smashing Anthony Ferkser in. On the Jacksonville Absolutely. side, you're not playing Mike Glennon. Okay, James Robinson's in your lineups. DJ Sharks in there. Is that it? Keelan Cole, Lavisca Chenault, maybe. Are you no. playing? I was like, probably not. No, I can't. De- I'm not depending on either of those guys in my playoffs if I have to. So, I I don't know about you, but when I build my playoff lineups, I tend to go a little bit safer. And and then I, I hope for the big weeks from my studs, but I tend to go a little bit safer in my flexes and stuff like that. That way I can at least have a solid floor going into the week and then I can get the, the boom from my, my big guys. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get the feeling. But granted, that's that's how I try and play all year. Um, I mm-hmm. and I try I always try and talk about it. Everybody has their own fantasy like way of doing things. Some people are the high risk, high reward guys that are drafting like super like high ceiling players right. in the first round and me i'm like nope i'm gonna take the safer player well right that doesn't give you the same ceiling i don't care if your guy <laughs> gives you 20 points one week and zero the next week that's on you versus me if my guy gets me 10 and 10 i can live with that i can build mm-hmm. my roster around safe plays a lot more successfully than i can build it around ceiling plays because if those ceiling plays don't hit guess what my team's gonna put up a dud week 
Absolutely. And just for what it's worth, Mike Glennon uh, has a tremendous matchup this week. I almost wrote about, I almost wrote about him as a start of the week. Uh, the Titans are the second worst team against quarterbacks. The second worst. And That's so you, you talked about how, how poor this Titans defense has been. They've just been not good overall. And it doesn't really bode well to what they want to do, which is just control the clock with Derrick Henry, run it down teams throats and, and, and ultimately, uh, you know, win games by grinding them out that way. And, it's funny that they have struggled to close out games. Uh, you know, in Cleveland, they got behind super quickly, and the offense is not necessarily built for that, even though they had opportunities to win that game. But, the, I mean, Corey Davis has been fantastic this year. He took a step forward. A.J. Brown's been good when healthy. Ryan Tannehill, has, I think, has lived up to his price, his price tag for the most part. It's it, The offense has the pieces to keep up with other offenses, but the defense is going to have to make a stop at some point. I don't know if this game is going to be that for them. I, really, I actually really like Mike Glennon uh, as a back-end super flex play this week. Uh, you're typically not probably thinking about the Jaguars quarterback unless it's Trevor Lawrence, but I think you can play him with confidence in the 24 uh, as a top 24 quarterback. You want to hear something that's going to give you a lot of pause in regards to Ryan Tannehill in the offense? Uh, no. Three, three, <laughs> of their, three of their five offensive linemen are li- have either been limited or did not practice this week. So awesome. Yeah, Dennis right. Kelly, Ben Jones, and Roger Saffold, three of their five starters. And that doesn't even count the fact that um, – what's his name? Taylor Lewan tore his ACL and was out for the year. So three of their five starters are currently dealing with injuries. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to have more updates on that on Sunday because that's going to be a big, that's actually pretty big. <laughs> I mean, that makes a little bit of a difference. All so right. Well, what's the next game? Where are we heading? Dallas Cowboys, Cincinnati Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys, the two in Ted against the spread. Dallas Cowboys against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are seven, four, and one against the spread. Uh, they've been playing heartbreaker for betters the last couple of weeks with Brandon Allen at the helm. Uh, over under 42 and a half points. Dallas favored by three and a half. Can you give Dallas that line? I don't think I can. This is the Penny Sewell Bowl right here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Actually, I don't think the Cowboys would take Penny Sewell, though. They could, but they, uh, it's been a rumor. They certainly thing. could, yes. A rumor thing because if, because they could take him and then hypothetically move on from Tyron Smith, who mm-hmm. is older, injured, or they could take Penny Sewell anyway, just the whole BPA, BPA argument, play him at left guard for a year and then kick him out to left tackle. Because Tyron Smith, after 2021, I think his deal is either up or they can cut him with no dead cap. It's soon. It's soon. Um, and he's definitely had that neck injury that's been nagging now for a couple of years. And it's very concerning for them. So I could see that. But uh, we'll, we'll, sit, we'll table that discussion for draft season, which I can't wait for, by the way. But okay. the Cowboys-Bengals here, I actually really like a lot of pieces in this game. I think there could be a lot of points in this game. Uh, 42 and a half. I'm taking the over there. I think I'm taking Cincinnati to cover, though. I, I, just, I just think they're a better coached team right now. I think they're a little bit more resilient than the Cowboys team. I think when the Cowboys get kicked, they kind of stay down currently. They don't have much fight in them. Uh, And so I'm going to take the Bengals to cover here. I think they end up winning this game uh, by a field goal maybe. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I think I'm going to take the over as well. Yeah. um, Also, I looked at Tyron Smith's deal, and they must have like either given him a recent extension or just reworked the – or just reworked his deal because he's still got a lot of money left on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, not important. I'm going to take Dallas, Andy Dalton revenge game. I'll take Dallas to put up some points. I like their weapons more. Um, I trust Andy Dalton more than I trust Brandon Allen. That's not a statement I thought I'd be saying. <laughs> no. Todd, is Zeke a start in this game? I'm starting him. I, I, can't, I can't bench him. I can't do no, it. Who are you benching him for? That's the yeah, question. Well, 
Okay, so earlier today, I wish I could go find it. I have too many mentions. It was either a mention or a DM or something. I But I was asked about Zeke earlier, and someone had the – not the ability to bench him, but it wouldn't be the worst thing to do so. Like, Okay, so rapid fire here oh, real quick. Here was. Here was. Zeke, who's my better RB2? So this guy already has his RB1 locked in. I don't know mm. who the RB1 is, but I don't really care. He mm. said Zeke. Devontae Booker, if Jacobs is out, which I think Jacobs is going to play as of early today, he's trending towards playing. James Conner or Ty Johnson. There's also, he could pick up Geo, James White, Duke Johnson. I mean, James Conner is probably the only one. Are you, but I don't even know if I'm playing James Conner. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the only one I'd even consider there. And Gio? I don't, I wouldn't play him over Zeke. But I would play no, Geo. No, I'm not. I, I'm out on Geo. He's been really inconsistent. He's supposed to carry this much AP Ryan. He's going up against the worst run defense in football right now. This team so, makes Green Bay look like a lockdown unit. Come on. The, the, I think the question here is, do you think Ezekiel Elliott is a top 24 running back this week? Yeah. No, I'm again, I'm not benching Zeke unless I have magically have better options. Like if I have James Robinson and I have Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, yeah, I might yeah. I, I consider benching Zeke. But exactly. anyway. Not important. So, yes, you're starting Zeke. Andy Dalton's a start for me uh, against this Bengals defense. Chris Carson's your other running back. Man, Chris Carson, I love. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. Chris Carson in Seahawks more later, but I love Chris Carson. He's so he's so fun. I just wish mm-hmm. he would get more volume. Uh, starting Cooper, starting Lamb, can't start Gallup, right? Um, I, I can start. I, I can, in, in deeper – yeah, I don't know. I, I just – I don't know because I feel like – He gets about five to six points a week. So the floor is there. The floor is there. So uh, sad. What? I it's know. so sad because earlier in the year we're like, yeah, his floor is probably about 12 because he gets at least one deep shot a game. And, yeah, no, his floor is about five. It's so sad. <laughs> I miss that so much. Oh, gosh. This is what Andy Dalton does. Hey, Paul Corey's got a fun question. Geo or Gurley in PPR? Gurley. Is, is it Gurley? Yeah, it's Curly. Playing the Chargers. Hey, Chargers defense playing good ball. No, it's Curly. Okay, it's Geo. It's not Geo. Anyway, I'm let's move on it's here. No, it's Curly, but it makes me sad because I okay, I think Geo's a good play on the Bengals side of things. Are you playing? You, are you playing Brandon Allen Superflex? Not in single QB, obviously, but are you playing him in Superflex? Mm, I would want to see my options. I Your he's like options? he's like he's like twenty five, twenty six for me. No, I'm not playing over Jared Goff. Okay, I, I I just I was like I'm just gonna go with somebody who I know has a terrible matchup this week. I'm with Jared Goff and Cam Newton. Those are your two options. I hate playing guys on Thursday. First off, yeah, sucks. Uh, no, because things can change between now and Sunday for Brandon Allen. Okay, you know what so I mean? are you playing Boyd? Or which receivers are you playing? You're playing Higgins. I know. Is are you playing Boyd? Don't, don't want to. I was like, I know you're not playing AJ Green, but don't want to play T. I don't want to play uh, Tyron Boyd, and you're definitely not playing AJ Green, and I'm not playing anybody else. So I think that's it. I mean, T. Higgins is really the only wide receiver I have confidence playing. What about Drew Sample? You got any confidence in Drew Sample? Not really. Also, you, Dalton Schultz is a reasonable play as well. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals five and seven against the spread on the year at the New York Giants eight and four against the spread. Arizona favored by two and a half on the road over under for this game is set at forty five. And I already know before Tyler says a word, I already know what he's going to do to bet on this game, and it's not taking Arizona. Absolutely not. 
<laughs> I actually like the Giants to win this game outright. I, I think that the team is playing really good football right now. Uh, I mean, it shows in their 8-4 and four against the spread. They've definitely defied expectations this year. The defense is playing well. The offense is doing enough. Daniel Jones is supposed to return this week. Um, he is an upgrade over Colt McCoy. I is like they- the Giants in this game. The, the, Col- the Cardinals have been really, really wishy-washy since, since about the midway point of the season. Uh, is Daniel Jones going to return? Are you sure? I said he's on track. He's he, it, The reports are positive, though. He did return to practice yesterday. The The thing that people are concerned about is it's him saying he's going to return versus, like, the doctors, like the medical staff. Right. Is, yeah. um, but I did write about him as a start of the week if he's playing. So I, I'm really high on Daniel Jones this week. I think the pace of play will be there for there to be a lot of points in this game on both sides of the ball. I think you can play Sterling Shepard for your 10-point floor. Uh, I think you can play Darius Slayton as an upside flex play. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean, you're obviously playing DeAndre Hopkins. There's not a corner in the Giants that can defend him. I mean, uh, Bradbury's had a good year, but he's not going to be able to defend DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Christian Kirk is a good play as well. Uh, Kyler Murray, I, I'm looking for other options if it's a one-quarterback league. I, I don't love Kyler Murray again this week. This is the second week in a row. I think he has a tough matchup. I think that shoulder is affecting him more than uh, he's let on. I think that it honestly, it honestly is affecting his ability overall. Uh, for yeah. some reason, he's now not running the football. He, he's got to be able to fight. I think that's a big thing. By the way, for those of you that bet uh, props, Kyler Murray under running uh, is a good is a good number. I don't know what the number's at right now. It's something that I've been looking at, and I played the last couple of weeks to success because it was set at 10 for a, a good few weeks following his injury, but he has come under that basically every single week. So if you can get like Kyler Murray under like 10 rushing attempts. And I think the Giants give up like 18 yards per game to the rush, for rushing to the quarterback. So – yeah, so no, so uh you're playing Duke, obviously. Are you playing mm-hmm. did you say you're playing Kenyon Drake? Yes. Are you playing Chase Edmonds also? Mm, no, not unless I have to. <laughs> Would you uh, now so with Bradbury likely going with Nuke, are you playing Christian Kirk on the other side? Yes. Okay, cool. I Does think John- there's still a lot of points in this game. I think we could see a similar stat line to what we saw last week from Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, like one of those highly efficient but low yardage games. Mm-hmm. He, would that be his third one this year? I feel like he's done that a couple of times. Now. He, that's like his like mo. Like he he buoys his fantasy value with the running game. Like he he was contributing about ten points uh, a game, but from running. Uh, but now since that's down, he's getting only in the mid teens to maybe early twenties in points because he's not running the ball very much. So. Yeah, yeah. It's the second time this year he's done that because against Carolina earlier in the year, he went yeah. 24-31, so 77% completion percentage, but he only had 133 yards, three touchdowns, and he had he had six carries for 78 yards on the ground in that game. So he right, had, some thing. Yeah. he had a high rushing floor, but just he didn't have the – So without the rushing floor, Kyler Murray as a passer is not great for fantasy. He's okay, but he's not great for fantasy. So uh, Something to monitor here. It, maybe if the shoulder comes out as fully healthy, he's not on the injury report anymore. Maybe you kind of smash him as a late Sunday play, but I, I think I'm looking elsewhere for my one quarterback leagues. Yeah, I'm I'm looking elsewhere if I can. Uh, with Murray, you might not have a better option, but you know what? Maybe you have Justin Herbert. Uh, maybe that was yeah. your guy that you got late in the game. Would you play Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I figured you wouldn't. I just wanted to ask. I, <laughs> I'm actually offended that you asked me that question. I, no, hey, I'm just, I'm I, just kidding. I am here to ask these tough questions, Tyler. Let's move on to the next one. Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Both teams 7-5 and five against the spread. Over under 46.5. Carolina minus 3.5. Poor one out for Christian McCaffrey, who we mm-hmm. all were hoping he was going to be back, and that we all got our dreams crushed. You hate to see it. I don't think he comes back this year. 
Uh, if he's not playing this week, he was positive. Yeah. No, I don't think he comes back for the year. Why? Why would they? They just paid him $64 million. He's making $60 million a year. Why would they bring him back? Why do you got to make me sad, Tyler? Why? I'm <laughs> just <laughs> being realistic. I knew. <laughs> watch them call him. Watch them say he's coming back next week. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's going to work. So the Broncos and Panthers here, uh, this is a this is a weird matchup because I don't really know what to do on either side of the ball. Um, Mike Davis is a, is a is a good play again this week. Uh, DJ Moore, have we gotten an update on his injury yet? Uh, he's got COVID. Oh, so he's probably not playing. Oh, he is done. He's out. He's not even close contact. He is COVID positive, so he's done. Got it. All got he's got to watch out for Curtis Samuel, who is a close contact. Mm, okay, so if Curtis Samuel's playing, he's a smash play this week, I think. And uh, you know, but AJ Bouye when he's since he's been back, he's been good. But I don't know if he gets suspended in this game. Uh, I'm not sure. He's dealing with the PED stuff from obviously from Houston. Uh, Will Fuller and it was AJ Bouye and some one other player that was there. All three of them were together. Um, but the the Broncos defense has been okay. It's been up and down. The pass rush is really good. The, the offensive line for Carolina is not that good. So they could really get into Teddy's face this week. Uh, I just don't love a lot of pieces here. I mean, you're playing Robbie Anderson, especially if there's no DJ Moore. You're 100% playing Robbie Anderson because he's going to absorb all those deep the, the deep plays, the, the deep targets. And uh, Curtis Samuel is probably going to do a lot of the underneath work with Mike Davis. And do we get Ian Thomas touched on this week? No. Dang it. I know. I anyway. I would love that, but I mean, again, because here's the thing: not only is it a is Ian Thomas not getting enough work, like we talked about his stat a couple weeks ago, where he was like seventh in routes run, but he was like 43rd in targets among tight ends, which implies right. there's, tight, there's tight ends on multiple teams getting more looks than he has as the primary tight end on his team. So, weird. I, so I would love for Ian Thomas to get a touchdown, because again, I love Ian Thomas, um, IU grad, and I love the talent of the player, but he's just not getting the looks. And plus, it's a bad matchup. Denver's safeties are really freaking good. That's right. We talked about that on the uh, review pod on Tuesday. So the uh, Broncos, though, what are, what are you doing with Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Melvin Gordon, Phil Lindsay? I think is hurt still. I'm not sure though. What his, I'm not sure what his status is. He's in a weird place right now. I'm not playing Phil Lindsay. I'm playing. Melvin no, I'm not playing him. Yeah, I'm playing Gordon. Uh, I'm playing. No Fant. Oh yes, no Fant. Tim Patrick, I'll play. I can't play Jerry Judy. I want to. I love mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. I've talked about it many times, but I can't play him. He's just not getting enough volume. That's the problem. He should be. That's that's the that's the crazy part. So Robbie Anderson and Justin Jefferson here from Todd. That's a great question. That that's a very good question. Well, no, back here. Stop asking good questions like that. Hey, uh, I, no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I answer the question. It's Anderson, but. Yeah, that's yeah. I was like, I was like, don't say Jefferson, Tyler, because I'm gonna have to tell. I you, like, wanted to so badly though. Yeah, no, you so, want to say Jefferson, but here's why you can't do that. Yeah, DJ Moore is out. Curtis Samuel might not play. He was he was yeah. a close contact, so the earliest he can be activated is from the COVID list is Sunday morning. So it's Robbie Anderson. Yeah, it is. It's the safe. It's the safe play with upside. It it, it makes sense on a lot of fronts. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one. New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. New York Jets four and eight against the spread. Seattle Seahawks six and six against the spread. Seattle's favored by thirteen and a half. What is the over under for this game? I missed it. That is my oh, bad. That is my wow. Bad. Anyway, um, I don't know, but I'm probably taking the over, and I think I'm taking the Jets to cover as well because fourteen points is a lot. The Seahawks defense is not that great. Half. 
47 and a half. 47 and a half. I'm probably taking the Jets on both of those. So I'm taking the well, I'm taking the over, and then I'm taking the Jets to cover. So uh this Seattle is just is not good defensively, and they've given up way too many points. Uh, I think that uh, I think Sam Darnold's gonna have a decent week this week. I think he's borderline top 24 play quarterback, so I think he's playable. Uh just given the upside of the matchup. He provides some rushing work as well, not as much as some of the other guys, but you know he gives you the opportunity to run one in uh, on, on a given week. So I think other than that, I mean, I'm not really playing anybody else other than maybe Ty Johnson if I have to. I mean, but even for me, he was a barely a top 40 running back this week. So I, I just don't. I have him at the start of the week, but apparently Frank Gore is trending towards playing. So right, I just don't. Play. I don't know. I, I I'm think not, if Frank Gore misses, I'm, I'm comfortable playing Ty Johnson. But Denzel Mims, Rashawn Perry, Denzel Mims might not play this week. Uh, okay. Had, well, then he had, to, he had to leave for a family emergency, so he may or may not be back this week. Rashad Perryman. I'd play him. Not. I, I don't love it just because Sam Darnold and Adam Gase are. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, but I'm playing them. Uh, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios. If there's no Denzel Mims. <sighs> if there's no Denzel Mims, I'm playing James Crowder. Brett, Rashad Perryman. Oh, you know what? I'm an idiot. I completely forgot about James and Crowder. Yes, you did. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. But the point is, there's a lot. There's a lot of points that could be had in this matchup. I think that's what, really what we're getting at here. Uh, the fact that I'm even talking about Braxton Berrios should indicate that. So, uh, this, on the Seattle side, you're playing everybody. Uh, David Moore is worth a look in deeper leagues. I, I got what, what's on your mind. Okay. I got, no, I, got, I got nothing to add. By the way, for those that haven't aren't on Twitter right now, um, Duke is not playing the rest of their non-conference games. So that got announced. That's fun. Yeah, Coach K. College, college basketball. Uh, so let's move on here. Kansas City Chiefs six and six against the spread against the Miami Dolphins or at Miami nine and three against the spread. Kansas City favored by seven. I think Kansas City smashes that, uh, but we're missing another over under here. Okay, man. No, the, and, yeah, the over under for this game is set. I think it's like forty five because it's not particularly high because the uh, the defense the defenses of Miami and then the offense of Miami is kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, by comparison. Yeah, I think Miami gets exposed. I think Miami is a fun story this year. I think they're a good team. I think they're well coached. I think they're fundamental. Fifteen um, wait, hold on. Yeah, 15 and a half? Wow. That's a, that's heavily favored for Chiefs. It's gotta be. Uh but I, I think like I said, there's there's something to be said about the way that this this Dolphins team carries themselves. And uh I, I don't I don't see them covering the spread. I don't see them really doing much other than maybe being a thorn in the side of the defense for the Chiefs, but I, I I do think this Dolphins team makes the playoffs, but I just don't know if they're they're quite ready for the next step. And this is going to be a big tell. This game right here is going to be a big tell for that. So I, I think the Chiefs come into Miami and they kind of roll them. Uh, even though the Chiefs are 500 against the spread, which is kind of crazy to me. Well, uh, no, well, you got to factor in why the the spreads get set astronomically large. And that's granted, true. That's true. This also means that Vegas is really good at their job mm-hmm. because. Yeah. You because if Vegas knows that like they're going like teams are going 500 against their spread, that means that they are they are winning. Granted, the books always win, but no. So that's just Kansas City gets their spreads juiced up so high because the offense is so big. And there's probably been multiple times this year where Kansas City should have covered, and then they didn't because they just got soft. And like against yeah. Tampa Bay, they had that game covered with ease if they tried. Yeah. I agree. No, I, I just don't know if I'm playing. Um, I mean, are you playing the Dolphins quarterback, whoever it is? Fitzpatrick Tua. Fitzpatrick has Tua now. Okay. Uh, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. 
I'm playing Devontae Parker. I don't. I'm not Devontae playing Parker. Parker. Miles Gaskin. Parker, regardless of quarterback. Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I'm playing Miles Gaskin. Mike Isiki. Yeah, I'll play Mike Isiki because I'm not loving Mike Isiki this week. I, I don't I think the upside. Either, but it, tight end is such a desolate wasteland. I probably don't have a better option. And at least Fair with Isiki, I have an athlete who is a is a threat to score touchdowns because he is an athlete in the red zone. I don't love to play. It's just tight end is so bad. Tight end is so bad. All I need is a touchdown. I can't guarantee that, but I got to hope for hope, you know? Fair enough. Um, and if you've listened to us uh, all year, you'll know that we have not much to talk about with the Chiefs. It's the top four. Yep. You're, you're, well, well, actually, not even top four anymore. It's top three now. Well, it's yeah, back. that was so stupid. But I'm saying it wasn't even Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't even the starting Chiefs running back didn't produce. It was Le'Veon yeah. Bell had the opportunity to really make a stamp or and make an impact in his backfield. And, 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 running back. So I don't think we can play the Chiefs running back from this point forward. I just can't and because I, I can't depend on them getting the production or the value that you're hoping to return from that spot. And I, I, I they're not getting the work. They're just not getting the opportunities that you're accustomed to the Chiefs running backs getting. They're just letting Patrick Mahomes sling it, which is fun. That's great. But funny part really about this, I saw a graph today. The Chiefs are like the one of the only teams that is more likely to throw against light boxes than like any other team in the league. Like most teams in the league, mm-hmm. uh, like obviously everybody's afraid to get cooked by Mahomes, but the Chiefs almost always have light boxes by comparison to the league average and they're still mm-hmm. throwing the ball. So yeah. it's like, look, we're giving you the advantage by letting you run. And then the Chiefs are like, nah, we're going to throw it. Exactly. So you can't you can't play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You can't play Le'Veon Bell. You can't play any of these guys right now. Uh, and if they, if they score a touchdown this week, great. I'm not going to count on them to score a touchdown next week. So. I mean – as somebody that didn't trade up or draft aggressively on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I am okay that he is not playing super great this year. I have pe- I know people, and I know you do too, that put the farm into Clyde. Right. And it is not paying dividends this year. I was like, like I'll take Jonathan Taylor at half the price. Thank you. <laughs> I, like, I, everybody else is like trading up. I know someone that traded from, I think, six or seven. I think he traded, no, from like nine or ten in a rookie draft all the way up to one to get in. And I'm like – that was that that's why okay let's you let's use this as a moment to do some draft speak that's why drafting in tiers is the best way to go about it because i had deandre swift clyde edwards hilaire and jonathan taylor all in the same tier so i'm like all right i'll stay i'll stay at two and i'll get two, one of the three guys like i'm good with that like you pay the farm to go up to one and get you know whatever or you could trade to three and get one of the the leftovers of the three guys like that's how you can maximize your value when you're building your dynasty team specifically. And that's uh, not just a dynasty thing either. Like even in redraft, you can use that to a certain effect. Like this year for drafting, if I was in the five spot, I was taking mm-hmm. the remaining running back from Henry, CMC, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara. I was taking whatever the fifth one was. I didn't, I didn't right. care who I got. I did not care because that's who I was, th- that I was okay with all five of them on my team. If Barkley fell to five, and I got him. Yeah, he got injured, but I was I was going to be okay with that. You have no way of knowing that at the time, though. You know, you, you so. don't. Which is, so that's why, like anybody that goes into a draft, like I have to get this player. You can have that mentality in round thirteen. You can't have that mentality in round one. Yeah. Moving on, Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams seven five against the spread. Indy is favored by two and a half. I missed another over under. <laughs> I know it's not really high. I'm sorry, people. I am dropping the ball here. But from a fantasy perspective, Tyler, on the Colts side, is there anybody you're not playing? You're playing – you're probably playing Rivers, definitely in Superflex. 
He's mm-hmm. a, I think he's a low-end QB1 this week, to be honest. I, I agree. Uh, I think uh, Derek Carr is probably one that I would look to sub out for maybe a guy like a Sam Darnold this week, I think. So, um, DeForest Buckner. This game is 50 and a half. Fifteen and a half. Wow. Uh, I mean, the Colts have been giving up some points lately, so that that kind of makes sense. I guess you look at it, but Ty Hilton uh, is probably a decent play this week. Uh, don't I don't think I'm touching the tight end spot because I don't know who's going to get the work. I don't know who's going to get the opportunities there. It's kind of a crapshoot between probably two of them and Mo Ali Cox and Trey Burton. That, yeah. Jack Doyle's kind of there right now, Jack and Doyle's then uh, he's not the he's not the fantasy guy. He's like. Right. He's like Nick Boyle for Baltimore. Mark Andrews is your fantasy tight end. Nick Boyle is your blocking tight end. Obviously, I understand Nick Boyle is hurt right now, but you get the point. Like Jack Doyle, blocking tight end. Trey Burton and Moelle Cox, those are your fan- excuse me, fantasy tight ends. So, on the Raiders side of things, Jacobs, like I said, is trending towards playing. Tough matchup, though. I, I was going to say, I don't love Jacobs this week, especially with DeForest Buckner in. I don't, I don't Absolutely love not. Him. Uh Just temper your expectations. You're still playing Jacobs because you're probably getting a 10.4 from him, which is, which is still good. But just temper expectations. Build your lineups accordingly because I would not expect a boom lineup or a boom matchup. We haven't got a ton of those period from him, but I would not expect it at all this week from Jacobs, and I would build my lineup accordingly. Yeah, no, I would temper expectations. You're playing Darren Waller, and then you can't really play any of the wide receivers. You just can't have faith. Like, I would love to no. say, I would love to say, yeah, I got Henry Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar, but I just, I can't have faith. In but if you, okay, let's say you have to play one of them. You have to play one of the Raiders wide receivers. We'll say, we'll say, I'll, I'll narrow it down to three for you. Aguilar, Ruggs, Renfro. Which of the three are you playing? Aguilar, Ruggs, and Renfro. This is PPR, I'm assuming, or half PPR. We'll go, we'll go half PPR. So it's close to standard. And- Two weeks ago, I would have told you Ruggs and just hoped for a ceiling. But I, since it's the playoffs, I'm going to say Renfro and just I'm going to hope for the floor. No, nope, I can't play Renfro because he's going up against Kenny Moore. So it's Nelson Aguilar. Hmm. Kenny okay. Moore's really freaking good, and he's one of the few guys in the slot that can actually match up with Renfro. So okay. I'll Nelson Aguilar. All right, fair enough. Do you have anything else to add about this game? Jonathan no, Taylor, uh, Colts running backs. Yeah, Jonathan so, Taylor. Taylor, you're playing. Naeem Hines, okay. playing only in PPR, uh, but that's yep. that's it. You know, but you guys know that stuff. I finally got the spread on or the over under on this next one. Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Green Bay eight and four against the spread. Detroit Lions five and seven. Over under for this game set at fifty five. Green Bay is seven and a half point favorites. You're you're playing Rodgers. You're playing Lazard. You're playing Adams. You're playing Robert Tunyon, who is the best tight end in this game this week. Um, are you playing Marquez Valdez Scantling? Probably not, right? Uh, not unless it's a deeper league. I mean, I have a 14 team league. I'm playing him in my flex, but okay. On on the Detroit side of things, you're playing Stafford, maybe, probably. No, I'm not playing Stafford. Are you playing Marvin Jones? No. You're playing TJ Hawkins. Well, okay, hold on a second. Marvin Jones is a Packer killer, so it doesn't matter who he's going up against because he's a Packer killer. Yeah, you know uh, why he's a Packer killer? Because uh, Mike Pettin doesn't know how to play man-to-man defense. Hey, you know, hold on a second. Yes. Yes, I understand. I'm very excited. Percentage of the year last week, I know. <laughs> yes, and that was awesome. So maybe Mike Pettin builds on that. Anyway, I'm hoping here. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the Packers played the hot, their highest percentage of man-to-man coverage Last week, and all season, uh, the, all season it was still only like fifty-six percent. That's not. And enough. the defense was fantastic. Who would have thought? So, Anything yeah. less than eighty percent of man-to-man defense is unacceptable. <laughs> I will not accept anything less. No, I agree. This defense, this defense is built for man-to-man. So, um, uh, we got another question though. Robert Tunyon, or I'm assuming Hunter Henry, yeah. uh, the tight end spot. So, 
I'm probably going Tunyon. I mean, hey, I was like, come on, say the right answer. Say but, the right answer. I do love that Chargers Falcons matchup. I do as but, well. But Hunter Henry is going to draw Deion Jones, uh, and so uh, and the safeties who are okay for the Falcons. The safeties are smart for the Falcons. They're not necessarily athletic. So it, I, I like Tunyon. I think more this week. Ricardo Allen's a decent athlete. Yeah, decent athlete, but not. Who's the, who's the other safety? It might be Casey if he's not hurt. I was like, because the other safety I remember being decent. He's not great, but he's. he's oh, Keanu Neal if he's not hurt could be yeah, one of the Yeah, I was like, that's that's what I was. Thinking he's about. not a great athlete though. Oh, he's Keanu not a great Neal? athlete, but he's a decent. He's basically player. a linebacker playing safety. Yeah, so I mean, decent, he's a decent safety is what I was getting at. But no, it's Tunyon for me. Um, I was talking to, I was watching a live stream last night, and there was some tight end debate, and people were talking about like the elite fantasy tight ends. And it was like, they had said like Kittle Waller and Kelsey. And then they kind of left it at that. And, but what, or well, other than the one guy who was a lion's homer, who was like TJ Hawkinson's the fourth best tight end football. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's not even the best tight end in this week's game. <laughs> Robert Tunyon and Aaron Rodgers have a legitimate connection and they are being successful in their connection. They he's finding he's finding ways into the end zone. He's finding ways to get open. They're scheming him open. I love Tunyon this week. I think I have him as a top five play. He might be tight end four for me if I'm being honest. We had the same conversation last week. There's about three or four guys you are probably going to expect similar weeks from, and uh, Hawkinson, Hunt, Henry, and Tunyon are all three of them. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's. I think you can't go wrong with any of them. But uh, I think I'm going with the upside here. Going with the better quarterback. Yep, absolutely. Better quarterback and better quarterback Aaron Rodgers. And, and better good matchup. matchup. And yeah. a good matchup. So yeah. I, I think I'm going Tanyan as well. From a betting perspective, what are you doing here? I'm taking Green Bay to cover. Um, man, they're putting a lot of faith in the Packers to cover that line, though, for the over-under. Yeah. Um, I think the under hits. So I'm going to take the under, but I'm taking Packers to cover. I'm going to take the over. Green Bay ran it up uh, in week two, and I think that they're going to be able to do that even more in a dome. Uh, but I'm going to take Detroit to cover. I think that, like you said, Green Bay, they're giving them a lot of faith in their ability to cover this spread. And Green Bay, as we've talked about many times, Green, Green Bay's Bay, had large spreads this year, and they're eight and four against the spread. They've they've covered more. I often think that than a lot of their eight and four is the games where everyone thought that they were going to lose. Like early in the year against Minnesota, they were dogs. They were no three- Green Bay's been good against the spread dog all year because I remember a couple weeks ago they were like six and two. I mean, but, so- no, but, okay, so so they're so they're like two and two in their last four. Well, I'd have, I'd have to look at the spread. I'm just saying they lost games. They lost games in that period. Yeah, but okay. Anyway, let's move on yeah, to the next. One. Sorry, Falcons, <laughs> Falcons, Chargers, five and seven against the spread are the Atlanta Falcons. Los Angeles Chargers are four, seven, and one. Atlanta's favored by two and a half. I missed this over under somehow. I missed a lot of them. <laughs> I dropped the ball. It's a really, I know it's a really high implied total. I'm just going to keep that tab up because apparently I just couldn't do my job tonight. And for those of you watching, I apologize. And for those of you listening, <laughs> get in here and watch and make fun of me for not doing my job correctly. The over-under for this game is set at 49.5. That seems low. I'm taking the over. Oh, 100% taking the over there. I'm taking the Falcons to win this game in the long run because I think they're the worst or the better of the worst. Uh, and so they they, they they just have a different swagger about them since uh, Raheem Morris took over. The defense is playing at a level I think you expected it to play at coming into the season, finally kind of playing up to its potential. Uh, they're gonna. I think Deion Jones is gonna cause some problems uh, for this Chargers offense with Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry uh, and uh, Justin Herbert being able to scramble out. I think that Deion Jones is gonna become a centerpiece for this Falcons defense against the Chargers. Uh, not that he isn't already, but he's really gonna be impactful and really, really throw some wrinkles into the uh, into the Chargers offense. 
I think this is one of those games you're still starting everything. Like, I think that there's players that can throw wrinkles. Like, like you said, Deion Jones, but you're not benching Austin Eckler. You're not benching Hunter Henry. I know we just said to start Robert Tunyon over Hunter Henry, but I still like Henry this week. Um, so talking to the general consensus here, I like Henry. You're starting Herbert. You're starting Eckler. You're starting Henry Allen. Are you starting Mike Williams this week? Yes. Okay, I was going to say, give me the right he's answer. Flex worthy. He's flex-worthy, yes. Yeah, he's a, and he's always a flex play. That's that's always the thing. He and this Now, he's the type of play that we talked about right at the beginning of this podcast where right now you might be looking for a safer play, and so you might fade Mike Williams. If you have a safer option, he might be the, the guy that you look towards. You might look away from Mike Williams thinking, well, I need a safe play this week. I don't need the big ceiling. Mike Williams could easily get me 25 points because he catches a bunch of long balls, but – there's no guarantee of that. I'll play somebody a little safer. But you're, I think Mike Williams is flex-worthy. On the other side of things, you're playing You're playing Matt Ryan. You're playing Todd Gurley like we talked about earlier. You're playing Julio. You're playing uh, – If Julio's playing, Julio missed practice again today. If Julio misses, are you playing – wait, is it Russell Gage that, like, excels – Russell Gage is the one that excels when Julio's out, In right? theory, he didn't last week, but the Falcons – Didn't he score a touchdown last week? Did he? I, I could have sworn Russell Gage scored a touchdown against the Saints um, last week. I just know we, we talked about Matt Ryan struggling without Julio in his lineup. Um, but I wrote about Matt Ryan at the start of the week because yes, for some reason four, he got four for 51 last week. Okay. Four. Okay. So the, uh, the Falcons, I wrote about Matt Ryan as the start of the week this week. For some reason he was ranked super low according to. Yeah, I, I so, was, I, I was, I'm starting him. Absolutely. I don't know. Why. Yeah. He's a quarterback one for me this week. I, th- I wrote that he had top five potential. So he, wait, did you say he is the or a quarterback one? A quarterback one. Okay, I was like, huh? I said he has top five, top five potential for the week is what I said. So um, that that's that makes more sense. Yeah, I, I like I like a lot of pieces in this matchup on both sides of the ball. Hayden Hurst, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, uh, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. If he plays, not Russell Gage, then you know there's there's a lot to like in this game for sure. Uh, but the Falcons traveling west, so maybe not. So we'll see. Uh, the I'm still going to play everybody in this game because the uh, matchup indicates so. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm playing everybody. I see you sneaking those over-unders in. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. What are you talking about? Uh, so we're moving on here, though. While Gage fixes that, I'll go back to this one. <laughs> no, no, it's done. It's done. I got oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. Uh, uh, so the Washington football team at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the Washington football team is 6-5 and five and 1 against the spread. San Francisco is 5-7, and seven, over under 43-and-a-half. San Francisco, San Francisco favored by three. I'm taking both of those. Uh, I'm taking the under. Uh, I know I see, I've taken both of those. But I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the under there, and I'm taking San Francisco by three. I'm taking the under, but I'm taking Washington to cover. I think Washington is a better football team. <laughs> and I no, know um, that sounds really weird, but it. I just. I think they are. Uh, I like their. No, team. I mean Ron's done it. Ron Rivera has done a tremendous job in Washington. Yeah. Ron's got this defense playing really well. Uh, I really like their. I really like their front against, especially against uh, San Francisco front that is still missing starters on the offensive line. Uh, I don't think Nick Mullins is. Nick Mullins is bad. I don't care what that stat said about him being the third most prolific quarterback through his first nine games behind Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, which did you, you saw that? Yeah, Saturday, I saw that, right? I was like, I what? That. So, no, uh, I'm fading Nick Mullins and San Francisco. Nick Mullins and uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan knows how to scheme it up, which is great, but I just I don't have faith against a good defense. And we saw that the we saw the Bills establish a way to beat the 49ers, which is to put up points in a hurry, but I, I don't think that the 
I don't think Washington's going to do that. I just think Washington has a good. It's going to be such a slow game. Yep, oh, and I th- but I think and ultimately I'm going to go with a D- team that's really sound. Nothing against San Francisco. I think they're okay. So let's team. talk about some individual pieces then. I mean, obviously you're playing Terry McLaurin, but are you sure? Jamie McKissick, Logan Thomas. Terry McLaurin's dealing with an injury right now. He'll be He's fine if he play, if he plays. I'm playing Terry McLaurin. Um, what if you have DK Metcalf and Chris Godwin and you don't have to play three wide receivers? Well, I mean, that's a unique situation. Okay. Well, I mean, that's my situation. What's your point? Okay, fine. If he's injured and I have those two. I mean, Godwin. Yeah, probably. Okay, I'm probably still playing Godwin and McCaff. But that's not the point. That's not going to apply to 90% of the situations we're it's talking not, about. It's not, but I had to be difficult because I am the 10% <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, J.D. McKissick is Logan Thomas. I don't know if I'm playing McKissick. He's actually a set of the week for me. Um, I agree. His his uh, The whole thing for McKissick is them being down big and then needing to throw the ball. I don't think that they're going to be down big. I think that this game is going to be a one-score game the entire way. I don't think that any team ever gets up by more than 10. And I know that's obviously a two-score game, but I'm saying I don't think that they're ever far apart. Uh, I just like the I like Washington's ability to keep this game close, keep it, keep it low scoring. And plus, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are on the other side. Exactly. And those guys are really freaking good. So I think that they match up well with J.D. So I'm fading J.D., I'm playing Logan Thomas just because tight end is such a desolate wasteland. I'm probably fading Logan Thomas as well. I'll find another option somewhere else. But you might not. Yeah, maybe not. But you, you probably picked up Logan Thomas on waivers, so you probably have a better option. Probably, but I'm just getting at, like, even if, like, yeah, it's not great, but you might not have a better option. Is That's more what I was going with with Logan Thomas. I don't love the play. It's just I probably don't have a better option. Okay, what about the other side of the ball? Uh, Debo Samuel, if he plays, he is trending down currently. But I think he plays. Brandon Ayuk, uh, those are the two guys you're probably considering playing. Raheem Mostert, is that, is that I'm, it? I'm, I'm fading Raheem. Uh, Raheem Mostert has yet has not cleared 50% of the snaps in a single game since week one. Uh, they're getting the ball. They're getting everybody else involved way too much for my liking. He is a sit of the week for me. Um, I, lo- I love Raheem Mostert. I have him rostered literally all over the place. If you go look at my rosters from – Scott Fishbowl on over. I have Raheem Mostert rostered in a ton of places, but I don't have a ton of faith in him this week. I am benching him where I'm able to do so, just because, which sucks because he's the he is the best running back in this backfield. I love his big playability and I love what he brings to this team, but he's just not getting enough. He's not getting enough work for me to feel confident. Plus, it's a bad matchup. So if you're a football fan, this is probably actually going to be a really good game because it's going to be a battle of the trenches, offensive line versus defensive line on both sides of the ball. It's going to be a really – I think it's going to be a really good game from that standpoint. Uh, but from a fantasy standpoint, it's going to be a stinker, and I'm probably avoiding it for the most part. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Saints and Eagles. New Orleans Saints are 7-5 against the spread, or I should say the New Orleans – the New Orleans Taysom Hills. I was like, what are you going with here? Where are you yeah. going yeah, I don't know either. 7-5 against the spread. Philadelphia Eagles 4-8 against the spread. They're just not good. Over under 43.5 points. New Orleans New Orleans 6.5 point favorite. I am not touching the Eagles in this game whatsoever if I can Are avoid you it. You're Dallas probably Goddard. playing You're probably playing Miles Sanders. You're probably playing Dallas Goddard. Are you, you probably don't have – if he's playing, I guess. I, well, no, no, no. I had, this has nothing to do with injury. This has everything to do with – You probably don't have a better option. If you do, then great, but – I well, I saw someone earlier today saying that they're playing Ty Johnson over Miles Sanders. Obviously, Ooh. that was that was prior to the Frank Gore news. But Miles Sanders has a terrible matchup. The oh, Saints, it's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup at all. Are the but, Saints right now the best defense in football? Right, right now. The best defense in football. Like playing as the best defense in no. football, I think that, no, that the Rams are the Rams are the best defense in football. 
Well, I, I think the argument could be made it's the Saints, but I think that that might be just due to like they've had a really good schedule as of late. Like they played mm-hmm. Atlanta twice, and obviously that's divisional. They played Kendall Hinton, and then yeah. they, and then I feel like they had another good matchup like right before that. Plus now they're going to play against Jalen Hurts. I get. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm fading Eagles if I can. I think Dallas Goddard you can have some faith in just because he's a tight end, mm-hmm. and you probably don't have a better option than Dallas Goddard. Who would you play, like Dallas Goddard or Logan Thomas? Because that's a realistic possibility that you could have. Goddard. Okay, cool. On to the Saints side of things. You're playing Taysom Hill. You're playing Alvin Kamara because you don't have a better option. This isn't even one Michael of those. Thomas. Are you Okay, are you playing yes. Michael Thomas? Because that is a thing that I've seen as yes. a discussion point today. Yes. Okay, that's, Why? that's what is What is the argument against it, I guess? People think Darius Slay is good. He's he is a good corner, but he's Are not. Are you sure? He's not the I've same corner he used to be. Two weeks. I've seen him get cooked for two weeks. I know by really good receivers, and Michael Thomas is a really good receiver. So I don't think that there's anything to be worried about there. I'm playing Michael Thomas, and I'm pretty confident in my ten point four with him. Okay, that's that's fine. I just I wanted to ask, uh, are you playing Jared Cook or any of the other pass catchers? Yeah, I'll play Jared Cook. I think he's a better matchup play than than uh, Logan Thomas, Dallas Goddard. I'd, I'd rather play more of both those guys. All right, cool. Let's go to the other side. Let's go, or actually, let's go to the final game of the week. Or no, we see, I got two more. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Steelers are 8-4 against spread. Buffalo Bills are 7-5 against the spread. Over-under for this game is set at 48. Buffalo is favored by two points. And if you are a degenerate like me, you got Buffalo as a dog because they open as two-point dogs. Yeah, I um, I actually think Pittsburgh wins this game, though. I do. Uh, and so I'm probably taking them to cover. Uh, the I think they're just a scrappy team. I think this could be, you know, they fall into the conversation of this could be their year, quote unquote. And I, I just really like the defense. I think they match up really well with what the Bills want to do. Um, I'm really curious to see this chess match between Mika Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen and how they utilize Stephon Diggs. I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup and a, definitely a possible playoff preview. I actually wrote about Josh Allen's the sit of the week this week. And from a quarterback one standpoint, I think I don't know if he can finish as a quarterback one because the Titans or not sorry, not the Titans, the Steelers are really good against defending just the run in general. They're gonna have the ability to travel sideline to sideline with Josh Allen. I know they have some injuries to the linebacker, linebacking group, but the defensive coordinator there, I can't remember his name, it's escaping right now. He's done a really good job this year of of just putting his defense in the best position to succeed. The Bills are not going to be able to run Keith the ball. Butler. Sorry? Keith Butler, that's the defensive coordinator. Thank you, Keith Butler. So yes. he's done a really good job this year, uh, and the the defensive front for Pittsburgh is as good as it has been. I, I just think that uh, we could get a typical, oh, no, Josh, what are you doing type of day from him. I know what you said. Also, Alex Struff, uh has a couple comments comments for you. Nice new digs on your on your house, and then also Slay follows up his matchup with Thomas and Metcalf and Devonte oh. Adams with New Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, and Amari Cooper. It's a brutal stretch, but good thing you got paid there, right there, pal. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't like injured. That. He's playing injured, to be fair. Okay, well, I I don't I don't care. Guess what? Michael Thomas doesn't care either. No, um, I but. Buffalo Bills, you're playing Stephon Diggs. You can't bench Yeah, him. you're playing Stephon Diggs. Are you playing Cole Beasley or Gabe Davis? Or Cole Beasley or Gabe Davis? 
Either one. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. An, it's not an either. It's not. You got to pick one. It's just. Are you playing either one of them? Like no, because I think Mike Hilton matches up well with Cole Beasley. Um, you're regressed. hoping. You're hoping for a touchdown with Gabe, with Gabe Davis. I'm sorry. Mike Hilton has regressed massively from last year. He has regressed, but he's still a good slot corner. Okay, fair um, enough. On the and end. so uh, Gabe Davis, I think you're hoping for a touchdown, and I can't. I can't do that right now. I don't want to bench Josh. Um, I have I have him rostered in a couple of places, and I'm probably going to end up still playing him because it's super flex leagues, and I I taxied I him in a lot of places, so I'm I, just bashing him. Yeah, I, I don't have a better third quarterback than Josh Allen in those places. Like, granted, I do have one league where I rostered Taysom Hill, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, so the case could be made that I could bench Josh Allen for the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, boy, Josh would love. To, okay. Josh, slide into Tyler's DMs on Twitter at Tyler underscore Chris. Oh, I guess I'm the one taking requests. You All right, are. cool. You are, you're the <laughs> I'm the child, and you have a house. Anyway, on the Pittsburgh side, who are you playing besides Eric Ebron? Everybody, I'm playing everybody, because the upside for a matchup here of a ton of points still exists. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Clay- Chase Claypool have all proven to be top 36 options every single week. And that's what you're looking for on our wide receivers. Uh, Juju might not get the touchdown every week, but he's got a 10-point floor. Deontay has the massive upside of getting all of a sudden 10 to 12 receptions and then two touchdowns. Chase Claypool has the ability to break out every single game, apparently. And so I'm playing all three of them. And then uh, James Conner, I don't love the matchup for him, but I'm probably playing him as well. I'm not playing James Conner. I'm not playing the running backs in general. The running backs for Pittsburgh have struggled mightily over the last few weeks. Uh, like over the last month, they are one of the worst teams uh, at running the football or in terms of like running running back. That's because they played a lot of close games too. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying I haven't liked what I've seen. And if you so, are you confident in Buffalo or Pittsburgh winning big here? No, I think it's a close game. So okay, my- so in that case, then I would then you would, by that by your logic, you would fade James Conner. No, because I think you it's a balanced game. I think, I, think there's not, I think there's an opportunity for it to be a balanced game. So, But I'm just saying you, th- you said that you would fade James Conner. Or you said that you – I said, said I'd play James Conner. You said James Conner has struggled recently. Or I said they had struggled. You said it's because they've been in a lot of close games. I said that you thought this game would be close then. and you. So by your logic, James Conner would be a fade. They've been, the, the games they've played recently have been low-scoring – and close, which okay. is weird. So I don't think that's the case here. I think there's a lot of points scored, and it's close. So I think that's the difference. Uh, ultimately, I I wrote about this in my article for Dynasty Years, and you'll see it tomorrow. But my my one downfall to picking Josh Allen as the sit of the week, he likes to play hero ball, and he's been pretty good at it this year. That's where I think this game's going to end up. I think it's going to end up with Josh Allen playing hero ball, and that I think that kind of gives you an idea of how I expect the game to go overall. So that's fair. <clears throat> I just I like I'm not playing James Conner. I feel more confident in the receivers than I do in Conner. And if I'm picking the receivers, I trust Juju Smith Schuster and Chase oh yes, I trust no 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 Juju Deontay. I trust Deontay at least because I think Deontay is going to be facing off against Trey White. Really. That's because Deontay plays outside a lot. Like he plays outside. So Claypool. I think well, Claypool plays in the slot a lot too. But I think they're going to just keep Trey White on one side of the field. Well, I, I mean, I think. Well, I think Deontay. Well, plus Deontay struggled with drops recently, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh in general has struggled with drops. Apparently, in the last two weeks, they have thirteen drops between just the last two games. Huh. 
It's almost like investing in wide receiver doesn't truly matter. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Browns and Ravens game. We're going to move on that pivot point there. <laughs> uh, I hate the Browns. Uh, other than Nick Chubb, I hate the Browns in this game. I don't. I've liked the Browns offense recently a lot. Uh, I liked Baker. I liked Jarvis. I liked Higgins. I even liked Hunt. I don't like any of those guys other than Nick Chubb this week. Uh, I think the Ravens are about ready to burst back onto the scene from an offensive standpoint. This is another one of those games. So I said it earlier about the Bears. This is a, in my opinion, a wounded animal game for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Baltimore needs to win. Baltimore need, needs. There's no like eh, if they lose this happen. No, if they lose their pl- playoff chances drop to 32%. Yeah. If they win, it, it jumps up to like 75 or 80%. So Baltimore needs to win here. If Cleveland wins, their percentages go from like 75 to 99%. So so if Cleveland wins, they're basically in. Versus Baltimore, if they lose, they have a very, very hard road to getting there. I think Baltimore wins this game. I think they're able to move the ball. Uh, Denzel Ward is questionable for this game, which if that's the case, uh, and he misses, Marquise Brown could finally uh, be a thing again. Des Bryant will be out for this game because he's got COVID. Apparently he's tested twice negatively per his Twitter, but he's on the COVID list already. They put him on there today. Mark Andrews is back. I like that. Uh, I'm playing Lamar Jackson. I'm playing J.K. Dobbins. He's, a, he's one of my starts of the week. All he needs is the volume. Give him the volume, and he'll do good things. It's not hard. Yeah. But I agree with you on the Brown side of things. Nick Chubb's basically the only one I have any, any confidence in. I can't trust the tight ends. I don't definitely don't trust the wide receivers. Like Jarvis Landry came back to earth. Well, hey, Jarvis Landry's been really good as of late, but I do, not, I do not really love the matchups. He had two really good matchups. Exactly. That was, so that's one of those like, oh, he crushed in the matchup. Yeah, he's supposed to. He's supposed to crush in a good matchup. Okay, so I, question I, then. Go ahead. Jarvis Landry or Marquise Brown? If you Like I said, if you asked me two weeks ago, I'm probably going to play – well, okay, let's not say two weeks ago. Let's say six weeks ago before we had all left Marquise Brown for dead. It's Marquise Brown. But we're in the playoffs. I'm going to take Jarvis Landry and just – I think Jarvis is safer. He's a safer play. I don't love it, but he, I think he's a safer to at least get me like six. I would rather him get me six than Marquise Brown get me one. I agree. I agree. That's, that, that's, that's all I got, man. That's that's <laughs> all I got for everybody. All right. Well, with that, we'll begin to sign off. So uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning into the chat. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's honestly, I say it every time and it's because it's so true. The chat being active makes our show better. Uh, it allows us to give you organic content and that's, that's when fantasy content is at its best. So please continue to do so. Please continue to interact with us on Twitter. Uh, my, my, uh, Twitter handle is at Tyler underscore Grez. Gages is at G. Richard NFL. Make sure you're reaching out to us on Twitter, providing any feedback you might have. A like, rate, subscribe the podcast on any podcast listening platform that you might have. Um, but I think I don't, I don't have anything else to add, Gage. Do you? Oh, I'm I'm I am good now, man. I got. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. So I got nothing else to add for the people. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you tune in on Sunday. That's when I, that's when we make our money, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase there. Uh, actually, we don't get paid at all. Jacob, if you're watching, thank you. Oh. <laughs> With that, we'll sign off. Go Pack Go. <laughs>